Tim's just going to quickly explain <laughs> the title of the uh, podcast. Because John has a mental block on the title, and I figure that, you know... I'm about to introduce it, yeah. by the way. So we, shouldn't, we, would, we, did, we did promise this was not going to be as rambling as the last podcast. And one, of my, one, of my, one of my rambling. pet hates is... Rambling beginnings to podcasts. Uh, rambling, yeah. oh yeah, oh are we on? Yeah, are we yeah. on? <laughs> like we beginnings to podcasts, yeah. yeah. And another thing, I don't know if I mentioned it in, on one of these before, is I've noticed on those, qu- you know those adverts that come up on oh God, on, doing it on well. YouTube? Yeah. It's that horrible thing where they show the person with the clapperboard oh, going, yeah, yeah. <laughs> are we, yeah, yeah. Are we Well, they show the outtakes at the end of a movie, like, hey look, we're real yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's I that know. beginning thing, like, oh, I'm just going to clap, we started. Yeah. But it is, anyway. anyway. We, we, <laughs> No, the, the reason is because we're just discussing. I don't know. John just said switch it on anyway. But anyway, so it's about the title of this podcast because I'm trying to explain why an A to Z. This is an ongoing debate. We, <laughs> this really... Before we go on, welcome, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, to <laughs> the most hidden podcast on the internet. Uh, too. Yeah. If, you, if you're listening to this, then well done. You found a tiny bit of treasure. We didn't that, want to be heard. It was yeah, big, you big, found the Dead Sea Scrolls here. mine was that you someone might listen to this. covered this because okay. tim has managed to bury it <laughs> so, so even if you're searching and it does come up on beatles. youtube anyway no, people yep. don't okay, okay let's, let's cut to the point okay right. and a to z of the beatles is the title of this podcast and john was saying why is it and i keep saying it does matter and the, and the reason is because otherwise it comes as the a to z of the beatles sounds just generic and whereas an a to z of beatles is deliberately slightly wrong which is sort of kind of in keeping with the beatlesque thing that they always sort of slightly did just sort of slightly to be slightly absurd so there is a logic to it, right? And it does matter to me. If okay. No one else. In that case, anyway, welcome we to an A to Z of Beatles. Yeah, slick. Uh, okay. Where we go through the Beatles A to Z. Yeah. Yeah. By letters. By letters. And now, if you haven't heard, if you've heard already heard A to B, which yeah. we've done so far, then bloody hell, because that's you know, well done for finding it. <laughs> um, um, but you'll know we're now on C. Yep. Yep. C. Did you have your hand up then? See, I thought you were holding your hand up to say, can I speak? No, rubbing my nose. Oh, right, okay. Uh, uh, so, yeah, so anyway, we're going to crack on. Tim yeah. doesn't know what the subjects are. Yeah, that's, that's yes, worth worth restating. So um, John, John is... Well just, just researched a, podcast yeah, as well. Yeah, so just, just so in case anyone's new to this or whatever, John is uh, a Beatle fan, but not quite as in love with them as I am, So and not as quite as obsessed and... On any way about it, so he fires me questions or whatever or names. I like the Beatles. I don't know very much about the Beatles. I come and ask him about the Beatles, and he explains the Beatles. Yeah, that's the gimmick. Right. Um, So it's you know we were going to say we were saying oh god there's too many there's too many things there's not many C's. Is that right? Really? There's not many. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, Well, (laughs) really? Okay. Well, in a a second we'll go. Go, go I on. mean, uh, did you go alphabetically through the list? Because, I mean, just song titles alone, there's yeah, got to okay, be 30. So, yeah, yeah, there's lots of 30. song titles, but I like to bring in other things. Okay. You know, did like you go through any Beatle books to see C for, you know, to see the glossary? No, no, no. Well, maybe you I went through my mind. In your research, <laughs> in your detailed you know, research. Another, another thing I really hate, uh, just, just before we go, another thing I really hate about um, when I listen to a podcast that's about something I'm interested in yeah. is when the two presenters just riff. I'm just like, just shut yeah. the fuck up. I want to hear yeah. about the thing I'm tuned into. I know. Here. I'm like so, that with uh, me, uh, yeah, guitar podcast. I check out. And, uh, I, get, I lose patience after about 20 there's seconds. There's a Bowie and one. We've and just gone three minutes, 30. Three minutes of that actually talking about the Beatles. Yeah. Anyway. Right. Last, last times, like the B, last time we did, uh, the B was pretty depressing. Yeah, it was. A bit, they were all yeah. quite dark. Oh, I didn't even think of it. I just found it generally depressing, but I was feeling slightly depressed at the time. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's 2021. Given it's pretty it, yeah. fucking depressing yeah. anyway. Uh, so I thought we'd start with uh, Chapman, COVID. Mark Chapman. <laughs> <laughs> great, yeah, Mark Chapman. Yeah, okay, great. Let's let's, let's kick off with that, and, okay, then we'll, okay. and then we'll. He's the man. Okay, right. He's the man that actually generally never gets named. Uh, it's yeah. kind of interesting. It's an etiquette. No, I think fuck it. You know, it's whatever. It's not. We're not going to change the world. I mean, you can find his name out obviously pretty easily. But it is quite interesting that there's a sort of an un. I've never even seen anyone actually say this. Why he doesn't, but they always just refer, refer to him as the guy who killed John Lennon. I think put your mic close to your mouth, by the way. Uh, really? Yeah. Um, and he's always referred to as the guy who, um, just the man who shot John Lennon or the, 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 the murderer or whatever, you know. But you never really read his name in general chats. It's just, it's funny, it's funny how that etiquette has sort of evolved without anyone ever saying, you know what, we should never go. And it, I think it's mainly because of one of the reasons he said that he did it was because he wanted to be famous. But he did, he changes reasons over and over actually which then begs the question of you know what was his real motive um or was it something else being with c 
conspiracy. Well, I was going to say, and followed by I and A. CIA, <laughs> yeah. You know, and I used to think that was a load of bullshit. Well, I, I didn't really think about it, really, to be honest. I just, I, I even got a book on whatever the, I can't remember what's called, the conspiracy of it, you know, whether it's, it's odd. It's the one book my dad's read on the Beatles, is whether it's a <laughs> CIA. My dad, dad, what the only book he's read is about whether it's a CIA plot. <laughs> and I never read it. Like many books on the Beatles? <laughs> yeah, I read, like, you know. Do you mean about... <laughs> John Lennon getting shot. Yeah, it's really odd. And and the odd thing is like me and myself being quite sort of conspiracy minded um, on a lot of subjects. It's odd that I've on a lot of subjects on every subject. (laughs) Well, yes and no because there's a lot of big ones I don't buy into. And the Paul McCartney's dead one with being an obvious one. But even things like the the moon landings and stuff. I'm just agnostic. I don't buy into every one. But but the idea. I mean, I don't want to make this political. But to me, the biggest insanity is someone to say, "Oh, you believe in conspiracies." It's like. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> what you really d- and you don't. You don't think anyone conspires. Is that is that your? You think that's the that's reasonable? Yeah. So sorry, I don't want to get to it. Don't but it's just the much. Yeah. It's the most dumbest fucking thing when we know so many things were conspired. Is just to say, oh, I don't believe in conspiracies. I'm that clever. Uh, anyway, so was there a conspiracy? Is is the other thing behind it? And I never really believed in much, or even researched it much. Really, the circumstance of the killing. But I did did look at it recently an article on it but just to get laid down some of the odd facts of the, the the death yeah and i really haven't researched this i just read something that just had a lot of information on it and it was quite interesting actually the stuff i didn't know to do with the number of bullets that were found or holes and just odd stuff around it that didn't seem to make sense at all um and also the connection to the, i think the doorman at the dakota was an ex-Vietnam guy or something. Anyway, I, like I say, I haven't researched it, but I, but what I read did go, that's a lot of odd stuff. That's a fuck of a lot of odd stuff. And the other thing is, is why Chapman did it, his motive. I mean, if you're going to do it, you've got to have a motive of some kind. Well, or be mental. Yeah, but... Mental, yes. You know, he, that is often... mental people, he... He's quite clever for someone who's mental. I mean, he well, was... Lots of crazy people are. But I think, you know, Yeah, but often... they usually have... Often they that is the explanation. I mean, Why is someone doing that? Why is someone doing that really odd thing? It's because they're fucking mad. It often is the reason. Uh, yeah, I mean, that is that's that is a sensible thing to say. I mean, but it's... Uh, it depends whether... If, if it's a spontaneous killing, you know, that's the sort of thing that goes, yeah, schizophrenia or mental or whatever. Well, first of all, but he said he did it because thing he that's was... Done, that's, that's plotted over a period of time. Uh, so what happened? And he, he gives... Well, he, he drifted. There are sort of signs. I mean, he was an odd guy, from what I understand. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, before, you know, he's a Christian and various things. But then he went and he wasn't sure whether to meet him or to kill him. We well, met him, didn't he? There's a photograph. Well, the, initially, the day before, I think he, yes, he got the killer autograph. I got all the mm. newspapers. You know, yeah. he, you know, he got, his, got him to sign outside the Dakota. Uh, I don't know what he signed. It's, but anyway, something. And um, did meet him. Then ca- I think came back the next day and killed him, I yeah. think. Um but um, I can't remember if he's holding a copy of Catching the Rye, but that's um, he was, he's reading it or he referred to it quite a bit. And, yeah. and the bit in Catching the Rye, but he's constantly talking about phonies. That was one of the reasons he, I remember him giving. Like yeah. he felt John was a phony, had sold out. Another, then he gave other reasons. I mean, he gave a reason that he, you know, it's, it's because of what he said about the bigger than God stuff, being a Christian. That was another reason he gave. What other reasons did he give? That he wanted to be famous himself, hence the reason people don't like to refer to him because it's like well we don't want to make him famous he, we don't want to give him what he wanted out of this so let's that's the real sort of implicit reason people don't use his name mm-hmm. i'm pretty certain um so that was another reason he gave what other reasons did he give um i can't remember exactly i think there's one or two others but basically they just conflicted and you're sort of left with a sort of well, kind I mean, of uh, what was it you know you admired him he didn't admire him he wanted to meet him he, you know did he just change his mind the whole time which is probably what you're saying which is probably well, i mean i've done some crazy shit and not not shooting iconic well that's the stuff, point but, but you know not to go that far yeah, but you i'm know, not to go uh, to do something you know is going to land you in jail you're never ever going to get yeah, out no, but for if you're a your psychopath life. you have not, not necessarily a yeah, psychopath, but if also you need to if you've got a history of going around being violent but if you only do it on one occasion I don't think he did, as far as I know. I think he, he helped out in school camps and stuff I like that. I remember standing next to Madonna once. Um, well, that would be a good incentive. <laughs> <laughs> I went back when Madonna Clinton. was really famous. <laughs> yeah. Like, really, really famous. And I thought, if I punched her in the mouth now... <laughs> <laughs> You'd be famous I would forever. be famous tomorrow. Yeah, probably well, not forever, but I would be all over yeah. the world. That's it. Fa- you know. That's it, yeah. And it's that sort of that call the void thing when you're standing... I should just gobbed on her. That was, <laughs> but you know when you're standing on top of the, the call of the void quite. when you're standing on top of a tall building going, yeah. 
And if I jump on, I, I could. It's that feeling of going, oh, I could do something huge by this second. I could change my entire life, and I think, you know, yeah, I, but he, I, pre- I he's premeditated, and he had to get the gun. I'm not quite sure how he got that. Um, I don't know. I mean, he was, but he was. It, I, I honestly don't know. I just, I don't have a sort of a set opinion. But Come I'm, on, people have tuned into this. Why did he do it? <laughs> this is why everyone wants to know, for God's sake. So. I've given you five minutes of my time. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I just don't know. I, um, was he a nut job? I don't know. But the, the MK Ultra sort of stuff, you know, I used to think that was all nonsense. But I have, you know, what I've looked into on that, I don't think it is just nonsense. It I think you nonsense. can trigger people to do stuff. Uh, they, well, MK Ultra got admitted by CIA. And you know, these things that were seen absolutely outlandish never happened. And by the way, John Lennon was a big believer in conspiracy theories as well. Like, it's like he didn't fucking dismiss them. So it, it's, it's not well, outrageous he thought he either. Being, he thought his phone was being tapped and everything. And it was. And it was, yeah. yeah exactly. You know, and he was yeah. being pursued by the authorities. And, you know, it was, you know. And At everyone said he's nuts. And everyone said he was crazy. So, But was he still, was this still, was he still being targeted by the CIA in 1980? Uh, well, it's very good reason that he would have been. We don't know, really. I don't think, but he would. It'd be. I would be almost amazing if he wasn't, really, because I mean, one, he'd been away for five years, mm-hmm. and they knew he was a huge political figure. Not only was he the most, probably the most famous musician in the world, really, uh, him or Paul, I suppose, but he was political. Yeah. And you couldn't control him. You never knew what he's going to say next. And if you are sort of, you know, he's a sort of guy, a bit like Bob Marley and certain figures, you know, they have a huge clout. If he were to suddenly say one day something, you know, something out the, off the wall, you know, suddenly everyone would pay attention to it, at the very least. Yeah. Now, if he's suddenly been in retirement for five years, they, they were bugging him. They knew he's a threat to the establishment. They didn't want him in America. They had all these things that they, they you know, why would they not have wanted a guy making tons of money and living in America? Why did they fight for him not to have his green card? I mean, you know, and, you know, and they're using sort of a dodgy, dubious reason to, to deny it. Why would they go through all that trouble? What was their reasons for that? Hmm. You know, he's an asset to America. I mean, you know, to have John Lennon living, a Beatle living in New York. I mean, that, you'd think that'd be great. So why did they do that? Yeah. You know, it's it's got to have been because he was a political threat. They wouldn't have done it to Cliff Richard, <laughs> would they? You know what I mean? You know that. Yeah. I mean, it's only these certain people that get targeted and have a problem. But he'd gone quiet, hadn't he? Well, he'd gone quiet for five years, and he'd just come out of retirement. That's the point. Right. And then, lo and behold, he's suddenly, suddenly he's back. He's a force, isn't he? He's back in the newspapers. He's suddenly making headlines. Oh, my God, John Lennon's back. He's got an album, and it's, it's pretty good, you know. So, you know, there's every motive. Hmm. I mean, I, like I say, I don't know. But I think to rule it out is dumb, really dumb. Yeah. You know, okay. especially, you know, given that, you know, Chapman has never really, really explained it sufficiently. And there is the Catch and the Right Connection stuff, which is known as an MK Ultra thing. The, 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 is it? Well, yeah, the, 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 the person who tried to assassinate Reagan was carrying Catch and the Rye. Is it, they, they often have triggers for, for things, for, for MK Ultra, but they... they um, uh, you know, the, the trigger words and stuff like that. There, there is stuff, you know, this is not like, I used to think this was just nutty shit. And then, you know, I looked into it more and more and sort of even, even looking how the brain works and how it does with trauma and stuff like that. And the brain does compartmentalise things and has these certain things. And you can actually trigger people into doing things. And there's lots of things you can do with, you know, I don't want to go into this too much, but you can manipulate people's thoughts to, to certain degrees. And, and who knows, you know, we only know what's been released, the information. We don't know what research papers they've got deep in their vaults that they don't they haven't yet released so you know it's possible at the very least i'd say <clears throat> see should we move see. on go on the yes. rest of the rest are less miserable less okay so uh why do we do can't buy me love yeah that was the first c that came to my head uh gosh i'm just moving my mic um can't buy me love what can i say about that that hasn't already been said oh great uh no i'm just trying to think <laughs> can't buy me love uh well it's the opening of the Hard Day's Night movie. Uh, is it? I'm pretty sure. No, it's Hard Day's Night is the opening. I don't think though, it is. It? Or is it? Yeah. It's, I, you know, I should know this, but I've only actually seen it three times or something, and not for many years. Maybe, maybe, maybe I thought it's, it's not. Oh, well, no, you know what? You're right. It's, it's towards the end. It's the one they're running around, isn't it? That's a great scene, actually. It's later on in the movie when they got where they passed each the goons, actually, and they're running around. It's, it's a shot in Hammersmith near where we are. Is it? Some of it is, I Where think, on, on the fire escape. And they, maybe, I can't remember all the locations. I think they mix a couple of locations. But I think some of it's Hammersmith, I think. But it's when they run and they're standing in the field and you've got a sort of a helicopter shot of them running around, yeah. falling yeah, yeah. down, which is inspired by the goons because they used to do that. There was that film that's... Uh, the Bed Sitting Room. No, there was one that, that, that's famous, the short film. Short film about running or something like that. Them doing sports and it's all sped oh, up. In the yeah, early days yeah, of yeah, film, yeah. And, you know, when they, they're experimenting with fast... 
yeah. f- stop frame or whatever. And it was kind of the running, jumping, leaping film or something like that. That sounds about right. Is that it? Uh, which they were they're interesting because the Goons connection people don't often notice, but they were huge Goons fans. Yeah. Uh, and the Goons were produced by George Martin because he, he did comedy. So can we trace it all back to Spike Milligan? You can trace a lot back to Spike Milligan. Can we, sp- tra- tra- we can Python. Well, they, they, they interconnect if throughout, can, really. Cause, cause, cause but they who's go, before Python that? comes back before... Who's before what? Who, well, I'd say before who, the Goons. Yeah, who was before Spike Milligan? Goons, in case you're listening, in the, especially in America or something they like that. The, the Goons was a radio show. Uh, Do they know the game? Oh, Peter Sellers. Yeah. Peter Sellers. Who else was in it? Spike Milligan, Harry Peter... Seacombe. Harry Seacombe, Peter Sellers. And um, Michael Benty. Michael Benty. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's them, all of them. No, it was, I think it was mainly three, wasn't it? Uh, well, I think Benteen. one left. Well, uh, Benteen left. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's a radio show when John Lennon was a kid. Uh, everyone listened to it. In those days, there were, you know, it's like TV in those days, like Top of the Pops. You know, there'd only be certain shows and you'd listen every week, you know, like everyone watched Top of the Pops that I knew every week. Yeah. And they all listened to the Goons, and that was one of the things that sort of united the Beatles, I think, among many other things. And and their humour, all that kind of pun stuff. And even an A to Z of Beatles, in its subtle way, is a sort of reference to that slight silly pun stuff, which John Lennon was but so into. This came had a big influence on him, along with things like Lewis Carroll and stuff. I mean, it really does. Spike Milligan is the, Spike Milligan Spike is Milligan. the one who kind of. You know, who was a war, who was sort of also actually talking of mental illness, uh, you know, was clearly sort of very thin skinned and was in World War Two and was, ended up in uh, in a sort of loony bin of sort of way, if, if, <laughs> not to use the politically correct term. He was a nutter, he ended up <laughs> in a loony you, bin. I don't know what you call it, but anyway, he was he, he, he had psychological problems, yeah, in well, quite fucking hospital. understandable given what he went through as well. Uh, but yeah. anyway, he he then then did the goons, anyway, so it's very influential. The goons then influenced the Beatles, then goons sort of uh, had a big impact on Monty Python. Everything that that sort of strange. It's the first that sort of British humor in general. British humor is always America's always going about. Oh, it's so wacky, British humor. It's like, it's like why? Because we're not essentially that wacky. I don't think we're any more wacky than Americans, really. But why have we got this reputation? I think you could probably say it's the goons, really, because it's like what started it. I don't know of anything before that. We had musical and other sort of comedy before that, but I don't think Mm. it's renowned for being. It wasn't surreal. It wasn't wasn't surreal. Yeah. That sort of yellow and that surreal thing exactly, thing. and then it influenced them, and then the George Martin, who had recorded them because they did a couple of comedy records, and uh, Parlophone <clears throat> was a comedy label, which was. Oh, I've just thought of another C. Brilliant! Brilliant. I'll tell you okay. in a second. So, Parlophone. Oh, thank God, the podcast has been saved, everybody. <laughs> Don't turn it off; it's been saved. We've got a third C. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Hey, carry on. And uh, wait, wait, wait. yeah, so Parlophone um, was a comedy label, and then this the, the, the story has been slightly kind of mythologized a little bit through various books but it, it basically the reason that Epstein had given up I was, I'm now mixed up on that pronouncing him Epstein or Epstein because he's always been pronounced Epstein but lately it's it's actually Epstein who used to so I'm, I, I'm still veering between how to pronounce it but anyway yeah. uh, he, he had run out of labels to take him to yeah. and then someone on Oxford Street went to cut a record then said you know why don't you charge try um George Martin at, at Parlophone because he's he's apparently looking for a rock and roll band like and Parlophone was a comedy label yeah, 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 yeah. with the goons and people like that on it and um, so he went and tried them and yeah because and you know and one the the, the famous story is that the the thing that clinched it for for George Martin was. It's a very old story, but basically he, he gave him a list of all the stuff that he didn't like. So, uh, you know, I think you need to work on your timing, boys, and you know, you're a bit unsure about your amplification and whatever else he might have said. <laughs> and then said, is there, and is there anything you don't like? And then George Harrison, who was 18 at the time, goes, well, I don't like your tie for a start. And this, you know, bearing in mind they were all meant to be in, in you know, yeah. in awe of the EMI and everything. And suddenly it went silent for about two seconds. Suddenly everyone burst out laughing. And, he, and according to the engineer, he said that he's, literally his words are like, the next 15 minutes were just pure comedy. He said, I had tears running down my eyes at the end. This is, that's how funny the Beatles were. Yeah. Like, forgetting just the music, that they could make people laugh that much at the age of 18, 19, to reduce the whole room to tears yeah. with comedy. I mean, that says a lot about them as people. Well, like, when you watch the films. That they, they weren't just remarkable musicians. They weren't just really good looking. They weren't just all these things that they ticked box after box as being the best. Yeah. They were also the funniest band. Yeah. And they're also amazing actors. You know, if you look yeah. at Hard Day's Night, going back to... Yeah. Yeah, bringing yeah, it back yeah. to them I mean the acting in that is fucking extraordinary you'd think they were trained actors well on the train with Wilfred Bramble is it Wilfred Bramble yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's fucking got arrested yeah. close by here yeah yeah, it, yeah I mean it's, the, the, there's the scene with John Lennon in the when he's, he's, he's he crosses on the stairwell with a girl he goes it's you isn't it and he goes who and, oh, do you remember that scene and he kind of plays that he, it's not you is it oh it is you and he goes no it's not me or whatever. And yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's, you know a couple of people said it's like the Marx Brothers and it's kind of it is like that and it's sort of a lot of them a lot of those scenes, it's just, it's just and astonishing that they could just suddenly just become great actors, mm. all four of them, yeah. just like that, yeah. 
on their first film. Yeah. And, you know, they just thought it was just going to be a little pop movie, you know, like Cliff Richard films earlier. You know, just as, oh, yeah, we'll have one guy and he'll have a remote. And suddenly, lo and behold, they become the Marx Brothers. And then they don't do it again. <laughs> they do one more movie and then go, no, we're bored of that. Yeah. yeah. It's just everything, you know, about them and whatever. It's just astonishing. But then, yeah, the, the, the George Martin connection was must have been, I've never even really seen it spoken about. But, you know, him being the Goons producer, they must have talked about that. And it, it influenced John's songwriting, particularly John's, but their humour. Also things like, you know, I'm the Walrus, like I say, songwriting. But lots yeah. of things that they did with Random. They used to always talk about Random, which I, I'm trying to think. Actually, no, that's more of a Stockhausen thing. But there are lots of things that really kind of came into what they did. And then later on, when after they split, I'm trying to think of the Monty Python connection, but certainly uh, you know, George Harrison had played a big role in sort of financing... Um, you know, films, Life of Brian, Life of Brian yeah, for, yeah, for particularly, yeah. Well, I think the I think the Python connection is they the Beatles, the Python started just as the Beatles finished, yeah, and they, they felt like they sort of you know sort of took over really. They sort of you know they, they well, they, although it's very obscure, I have to say Python at the time because it was on BBC Two and it didn't actually have a huge audience, but it's hugely influential. You could almost say argue it's the Velvet Underground of, the <laughs> yeah, of comedy massive, in a way, yeah. Became, but know, the Velvet Underground are massive now; they're on. The, yeah, you but know, considering they sold nothing in the day, virtually yeah, three thousand. Python became very big after, you know. Yeah, after, well, especially with, with Life of Brian, actually, things like that, sort of, and then it was before that, with the, two, with the series, it became Python became huge. It was huge, but I mean, the actual numbers of people watching, I don't know. Would it, would it have been BBC Two? Was it nine thirty or something at night? I mean, I think it's, everyone talked about it, but I don't know if it would have been. It's not the Two Ronnies or the other big shows that really had sort of twenty million people watching every Saturday. I can't imagine. Monty Python. It wasn't even on the weekend. I think it was on a Tuesday or something. It went out. Maybe I'm not sure. Anyway, I don't know. I wasn't born. Who yeah, knows? I think Q followed that, which was Spike Milligan's show. Q was before it. Uh, was it? Because because Q and after it probably Q, was it. Because that was going parallel, was Q, wasn't it? Q, Q was very Python. Q was just before Python. Was it? Was I'm it? pretty sure Q just. Oh, I'd like to Google this because I'm probably wrong. But I'm pretty. You might sure. be right because all the I series. Think, I think I think Q started just before it, and they went, "Oh fuck!" Have you seen what Spike's is that right? Doing? That wouldn't yeah. surprise me. Q, Spike, Spike Milligan, another thing that's interesting about Spike Milligan is that when punk came along, sorry, when, when political correctness came along with sort of the alternative comedians, mm. and they were suddenly being, oh, we, we're really against sexism. They, they, like, for example, they, 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 they basically destroyed Benny Hill's career, you know, and he's very, you know, if you don't know him, right, I mean, about as harmless as he can get, but yeah, that was sexist. And, yeah, we don't. Yeah. and meanwhile, Spike Milligan's show still ran throughout this, and he actually had topless women in it, and which is way face. beyond... And blackface, gosh, that's true. All yeah. the time. Yes. <laughs> oh, just and like Hitler, blood. Hitler as well. Hitler, blackface and tits. Yeah. And they, a, and they just all went quiet. They didn't say a word we, about Spike Milligan. When we get on TV. <laughs> Hitler, blackface and tits and Tim Briff and George. Uh, it's extraordinary, but you know, it just shows the hypocrisy of these people. Like, you know, because they, they, basically they probably just thought, we can't really diss Spike Milligan because that would be really unfucking cool Well, Spike Milligan had been blown up in, by, you know, and he used to just he used to refer to you know, people as wogs and stuff all the yeah, time. Yeah. It's incredibly <laughs> It was astonishing. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But I but think I, they just thought I was, it was watching, slightly, I was slightly mad. Have you seen Q recently? Uh, I have looked at it once in a while. It's, I, I mean, it was never very funny to it's start It's insane. With. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it is like they given... It's complete. It's punk, actually. It's, that's it why is. I kind of had punk in my head. Because it was punk, it, really. It, Python is is got, got a sort of element of sort of... It's got a bit of foot, footlights and a bit intellectual. Whereas Q, because Spike Milligan's yeah. like sort of in his late 50s as well. That's it's another like thing, this, yeah crazy it's old a mad man, man yeah. and like half of it doesn't make it's not even funny i know lots of it wouldn't and he would, he would start laughing at the sketches you know <laughs> just like sort of you know you're, you're breaking all the rules of comedy like i'm not in good ways i mean yeah it, it was bad a lot of it but a lot of it didn't have punchlines. it was really indulgent like he'd he'd start laughing at his own jokes and you go they're not even that funny the jokes either it's like yeah, but it then you'd have these moments of genius crying. and yeah and you just knew the guy was damaged but a genius yeah i think that's really well, why people accepted it yeah absolute joy and genius yeah. in it but fuck me it, nothing will ever be funded like that ever again i mean there's no way anything like that would barely be allowed on youtube i mean it's a miracle it still is to some degree it probably won't be for much longer than it, it is again. it is Way things are going. Anyway, shall we uh, move on from? Uh, shall we move on from? Off, yeah, off what I was thinking, I mean. which will link to the goons in a way, is the which I only found out about recently is the Christmas albums. Oh yeah, Christmas singles. Christmas yeah. singles. Yeah, sexy discs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, oh god, they're brilliant. Somewhere. I didn't. I didn't know anything about. It. I didn't know they existed. Have you yeah. got them? Well, I haven't got them because they were only on flexi discs originally, and they're very, very rare. Right. Uh, but you know, I know them. 
Uh, they're all on YouTube if you haven't heard them. I mean, they just did one fanzine every year, for so it came free with the Beatle Monthly. I got the Beatle Monthly when I was a kid, by the way, uh, even though it was after they'd split by years. But there's the one thing I, I used to order once a month, the reissue of the Beatle Monthly. Right. They started reissuing it uh, when I was a kid. And so I must have been a very strange kid because this was doing punk and stuff. It's like, or, you know, subscribe to the Beatles doing punk. The Beatles month. I had a sitar, by the way, as well, when I was a kid. <laughs> during punk, I bought a sitar from India for my guitar teacher. He came over with a sitar he got from an airline pilot for 30 quid or something, 35 quid, a genuine born from, bought from Bombay. That's what I was doing. And I had a kaftan as well. <laughs> I, I wore a kaftan at boarding school with a sitar. I know you say you weren't punk. posh, but <laughs> Timothy, it's your sitar lessons. Put your kaftan on. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so what's on them? It's just them talking, isn't it? Well, uh, they, 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 I'm trying to think what's on all of them because they, they'd usually go, hi, it's the Beatles, hello, it's John here, you know, whatever it would be, and a bit of that banter. And this is our Christmas message. And then I think it's sometime it got more surreal Some as it went on. on they did a thing called Christmas Time is Here Again, which was this, this ridiculous, oh, Christmas time is here again. Christmas. <laughs> this really repetitive tune. But then it had this really nice guitar bit in, in it, uh, which was just, of course, you know, they'd always have something good in it. Yeah. And also they had this bit in it, which no one has ever explained to me. If, you, if you've got any, you do you know, leave comments because... Uh, Anyway, whatever, if you're interested. But there's a bit in it which I've never understood, <laughs> which you just accept because it's on it, and you just go, it sounds good. It goes, and then it goes, and then Ringo's voice comes in. He goes, because O-U-T spells out. Then the guitar bit. Like, and it's like, O-U-T spells out. It's like, yeah, but what's that got to do with Christmas? <laughs> O-U-T spells out. And I've never known or thought or got any reason why that's in the song about Christmas. O-U-T spells out. I've never said, you know... I don't know, New Year or something, or something, or yeah, Happy or something, sense. you know, that would have made sense. But Out? I've no idea why that's there. Um, I don't know. So yet again, <laughs> another good. question Tim can't answer. Yeah, why did, why did Mark him. Chapman shoot Lennon? <laughs> why, did, why did Ringo say Out? Calls himself a fucking, <laughs> himself a fucking beat uh, head, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so tell you, there was one, there's one great bit on Worth Checking on YouTube, is there's where they, they obviously played up to the mics. They were doing the session for... Uh, Oh, God, I can't even think of the song. It's a George Harris. Think for yourself. I think they're recording. Yeah. And I think they were, they were preparing for the Beatles Christmas record. I think every year they thought, what are we going to do? You know, something for the fans. It's a flexi-disc. And they do this one where they, they obviously got them. They're doing the backing vocals. And someone must have put mics in there or they, or they just recorded the mics through the desk, probably, actually. Yeah. And they're, just, they're, they're joshing around. And, and they're all putting on voices a lot and being very goons-like. And, yeah. and it's fucking hilarious. Because once they... And it's, it's just... It's so joyous, actually, just how they make each other laugh, how funny they are, how yeah. just you know, just off the wall and inventive and whatever. It, and they and they're also doing these these backing vocals for "Think for Yourself." Uh, I can't even think how the backing vocals go on it, but it's uh, there's a bit that John Lennon improvised. Uh, it's a W something about W do a W waddy waddy or some some stupid fucking thing and it's just so fucking funny but you you have to listen to it and what i saw actually recently under the comment section on, under this because it's like people actually listen like i listen to their drum takes on their own you know which are, that's how you know anal like i say Beatle fans are i can listen to sort of i listened to a whole journey back actually i did a two-hour journey i was listening to just outtakes from <laughs> of rain a b-side <laughs> of uh of a single for you know, from the b-side of paperback writer just like the backing vocals alone yeah. and then followed by just the bass part alone of a b-side from 50 years ago and i was thoroughly entertained just listening <laughs> okay oh my god oh listen to how the bass part slightly changes on verse three oh listen to the they, they had more echo on verse two and then they take it away on verse three again that's really, really and i was so fascinated you know but that level but so this so this this video of uh, this youtube clip of them just talking bullshit yeah it's got so many comments so many hits and but there's someone pointed out it's like they were like they, they call them what do you call it what do you call the generation now generation the tiktok generation z z is it generation it's not it is z is it z, yeah. z, z, whatever and someone said it's like they would like they had generation z humor back then so i don't know what generation z humor is like i'm guessing it's just off the wall or something but it, but anyway it's just funny that they were saying how oh my god it's just like our humor now obviously so like say some 20 year old it's like yeah. so you know even in that they somehow kind of we're just sort of ahead of their time or just whatever. It's just, I just find it endlessly just astonishing. It's just like, what the fuck? How, they were just so fucking entertaining. It's did you hear this? Do you hear the something, um, something, uh, bass and drums or something? Yeah. Like that they released. Yeah. <laughs> they, 
Didn't they release? Wasn't that released recently? I don't know. The bass part on that is quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah, because George complained about it. (laughs) George is a sour fucking prick sometimes. I really have to say he's a very bad. I love the guy, like all of them. But if you know, if he had one fault, he's a very fucking sour at times. You know, he could. Yeah, consider who he's surrounded by. How he was the only one who go. Oh, I don't know much about. I don't know if I like that. And you go. It's fucking Paul McCartney playing fucking on your song. You know, playing it's the most incredible fucking thing, and you're not sure if it's really you know. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, something I think is the second most listened to Beatles song on Spotify, which is interesting. Something is. Is I it? I think it is. Yeah, uh, I might be wrong. I mean, but that's a, you know. And it's one of the. You know, you know Frank Sinatra said that was uh, the greatest love song of all time. He, he, he got it wrong by saying that Lennon McCartney wrote. He didn't know it was George. Well, it's, well, but actually, that's, a, that's actually a compliment to George that, yeah. they, that he thought it was a Lennon McCartney song. But, um, and, and actually, John was a massive fan of, of that. Actually, well, my guitar is maybe his favourite song as well. On Abbey they're Road. both fucking genius songs. Oh, he did tons of genius songs. Yeah, I know. But, but they just got lost in the whole. Those two are possibly two of the best yeah. Beatles songs, and they sound very Beatlesy as well. Yeah. They sound very like they just. Even though Eric Clapton played the solo on on while my guitar gently weeps, which is yeah. bizarre for that George would give. It's weird solo. that they fit so perfectly. I know. They, you I, know. I know. I don't get that. This, a, yeah. That they're different, but done by different writers, and sometimes not even the same musicians. Like that, one of them would be missing or whatever. Someone else, yeah. and it still sounds like the Beatles. And you think, yeah. how did they sound like the Beatles? Even, you know, even when they're writing something Ringo's that really songs. Wasn't Yellow Submarine, Octopus's Garden. Did he write any masterpieces? He didn't really write. He, he's credited as writing Octopus's Garden. Did he actually write that? I, well, he, he came up with the initial idea, and they encouraged him to. Well, I've got a song about an octopus <laughs> in the garden. Because anyone goes back idea, really, it goes go. back really early. He, he, he actually—is it that one? I think no, actually no. Wizard, God, I can't remember now. Uh, but if you, that's actually one of the reasons the Beatle book, the magazine, the monthly magazine, is actually very interesting yeah. because there's articles in that that actually tell you a lot about them because they're written as the Beatles were happening. So it's not like in retrospect. It was as, you know, that month, oh, the boys were in the studio recording a new song right. about a paperback writer, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, they're saying, oh, I went in, it sounded very, a bit rough early on. I couldn't, it sounded a bit weird. It's got echoey, like, vocal sounds. And then it sounded brilliant, you know, and, you know, um, and you get these little things that just like a very revealing, even photos from that, that is very interesting, like studio shots. They allowed the Beatle book to come in and do, you know, exclusive shots in the studio, which hardly anyone else was allowed in. Yeah. So you get some terrific shots that came from that sort of, thanks to that. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, there's something about Ringo had a song uh, called Bad Finger Boogie or something. So clearly he sort of, he had yeah. like two ideas, about, about one idea about a year, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we go to the piano, you know, I got this little tune, you know. And what was nice is the, the others really encouraged him. I mean, George is actually heard on one, I think it's on the Let It Be sort of kind of stuff where he's saying, come on, let's do Ringo, let's, let's work on your song, you know, and you go, they were so nice to each other. And the Beatles actually really did the same to George, which has been airbrushed out of history, is that you listen to some of the recordings, they're saying to George, have you got any songs? You know, come on, let's try that one you had before. And again, George being, is the sour one. He's like, oh, I don't know, I think it needs a, an acoustic, we can never do that one on the, that's not worth it. You know, you go, fucking hell, you know, George, my God, you know, I mean, I love you, you know, but fucking stop the such a... He really was a downer sometimes. The thing that really annoys me about... <laughs> hello, hello, Beatles fans. <laughs> the thing that really annoys me about um, George Harrison is that fucking in-the-material world thing about him being really spiritual. I know we've talked about this before. <laughs> but, you know, there are all these people like, you know, all, all, all his all his acolytes, people like Eric Idle, and people go, oh, he was such a spiritual man. He just really li- li- didn't live in the material world, apart from in his massive fucking mansion <laughs> I said I'd be pretty fucking spiritual if I lived in Beaconsfield in a fucking mansion I'd enough he money was, to do it well he's a Pisces I mean if you believe in any of that stuff um, well there's two fish that swim in the opposite direction um, oh that explains it alright well in that then. he was notorious for being like that that he would be really spiritual I mean his wife said that uh, Patty in her book <laughs> That, uh, I think it's Patty, or it might have been another. Oh, but that, well, no, that he's spiritual all day, and now no, you've got and done that. Well, no, they, they, they said that he was like that. He's, he's been three months sort of meditating with his beads, and he used to eat sort of porridge for breakfast. He really didn't really, it's amazing, you know, what he could have done. But he'd be stuck in like many one room of this huge mansion. But then he would sort of suddenly buy a load of Coke. Yeah, but it sounds and, like one of those twats. <laughs> go on a binge, you know. Yeah, but so that all these tech billionaires do that, don't they? Like, well, they're fucking, usually one or the other. They go, go out to the desert and leave yeah, their mobile phone behind. Yeah, but I think they tend to be one or the other. I mean, George was sort of a, a dichotomy, I think, in that. I think Because, I mean, you know, he was kind of, I think, a lot have been forgotten about him being a, a, bit rock of a star. bit of a ladies' man. Well, yeah. it's sort of, you know, a, it's... 
coke taking shame yeah, and materialistic but he also, would then go but he also ate porridge and played with his bees yeah but like I say he, did, he didn't do them simultaneously he did one or the other he, he was, you know, it was a bit different. Uh, like he went to India for in the height of the Beatles and yeah. learned sitar. He didn't yeah. have to. He could have been fucking groupies and having a lot of great time. Instead, he, he learned... One doesn't negate the other. You can't, it's not like yeah, Harold sort of Shipman. Like, does, you know, though. he healed lots of people, but then he killed lots of people as well. So kind of, you know... I don't know yeah, but, sort of, the, but the, the healing was a sort of, you know, his cover, wasn't it? I mean, it's a bit different. <laughs> you know, if George was sort of like, you know, the, yeah, like the Maharishi was probably an example of being a, a hypocrite from what I can gather... You know, where he's sort of saying one thing and then the evenings he'd be sort of trying to pull the women, you know. That's, but a George, lot, I think, was, was yeah. more like a sort of, a, he was kind of torn in two different ways. I think it was, I well, think we it was a bit are, different. aren't we? Yeah, but it's again, very easy it's, to go and be very, very spiritual and go, oh, God, To different oh, God, levels, God, though, yeah. But he was quite sort of, you know, one or the other. Yeah, but also, he did live in a big fucking house. So it's I very know. easy to be, I'm going to eat porridge today and play with my Yeah, beans. but it isn't, though, is it? Because, you, you know, you don't have to eat porridge. No one is looking at you. You're not, you're not, you're not got like the Maharishi where everyone's following you. Yeah, he but, could do what he wants. He didn't do it. He chose to eat porridge. <laughs> yeah, for three months before taking loads of coke. Yeah, but three months of porridge and you know chanting Hare Krishna. <laughs> but what I mean know. is the idea that people go on about him as this spiritual person. Like, there's like about a billion people who are more spiritual than him. He just yeah, happens but to he's, have... he's unusual in that he was a multi-millionaire who who lived by it. I mean, even you know he did do it quietly. He didn't make it like a big deal about. He did quite it. He a big do, deal about it. But he, he didn't did really. set up a natural law party and bang on about he, it. He, gave, he financed. Was it? He paid for the Hare Krishnas. Um, t- their temple or whatever it was I can't even remember what they did or oh, donated a, a big fucking mansion for them when yeah. he was sort of broke in the same way as he had financed uh, uh, Life of Brian and mortgaged yeah, his own true. place you know he'd, he lived by it and he didn't and, and when he financed concert for Bangladesh which was you know he, he basically paid the tax bill yeah, yeah, and you know he didn't have to and he didn't sort of say to everyone hey everyone I, you know, make a big headline I just want to announce that I'm going to do this wonderful grand gesture he just did it quietly so he, he was very but very the thing is he he, he, he <laughs> He he just feels like the epitome of sort of rich sixties rock star who dabbles a bit in spirituality and takes. Yeah, but, it. but that's a thing. I don't think he does. I really don't think he does. I think there's lots of people who do that. You get the sort of these kind of you know tech billionaires who take yoga classes and then you know secretly are off to these whatever parties and doing whatever else. That's more your classic hypocrite. You know, or just I want to be in touch with my inner self. Yeah, Madonna, you would be your classic fucking yeah. I I, I wear these, these. I tell you beans, who else is really you know, into and them. I do you know Pilates and all that kind of shit. And then they they the complete fucking hypocrite and they they, they have all the. the do you know who else is a complete hypocrite? Like spiritual, like <laughs> obsessed with spirituality, and then goes and does the most recklessly hedonistic shit. <laughs> Me. So, <laughs> so. Yeah, but again, you're quite fucked up. I mean, you know, it's kind of, it's not like a hypocrisy. It's just messed Thank up. Thank your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's you know, I mean, it's, like, it's, not, it's not, yeah. but it's not faking it. It's, it, it's, you're not faking it. You, you have a sort of a, 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 you know, it's like John was pro-peace and sort of had, had violent fantasies, which he admitted to. Mm. You know, it's like, that's not necessarily being a hypocrite because he, he, he told people this, you mm. know. I think that's struggling with your demons. I think that's a slightly different thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Oh, by the way, sorry, I, I just want to just quickly go back if I can quickly, because we're talking about Ringo and songwriting. God, I've got to go to the gym, so hurry up. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's how committed we are to this podcast. <laughs> right, we've got 10 uh, minutes. Got between, I've got to go. Um, yeah. What I was going to say is like, the, the, the Ringo thing, so he did this bad finger boogie that became, I can't even remember whether it became Octopus's Garden, but, but basically about three years later, the same tune, yeah. and became that. Uh, it also gave, must have given rise to the name Badfinger, the band that was signed to Apple. I'm sure they, they took it from that. Oh, um, yeah. And but there's a couple of things like that, and he's sort of notorious, like you know. But there's a really funny sketch on YouTube again by Peter Serafinowicz, if you know him, Peter Serafinowicz. Yeah. Um, if you can, whatever, I might put it in the blurb, whatever. Uh, who does his brilliant Beatle pastiches, and the music he does is by Matt Berry, who's 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 in. Uh, oh, the IT yeah, crowd. Yeah. Matt Berry is a genius musician, actually, really. And really he did this brilliant, brilliant, yeah, really, albums. really good, yeah. And he, um, he, he sort of wrote these songs. There's lots of the, you know, little pastiches that are on YouTube. Some are on his TV show, but I think mostly they were just ones he shoved on YouTube for a laugh. Yeah. And there's this one called Ringo Remembers, <clears throat> which is, Ringo tells a story about, and um, so then John said, and he does this great uh, Ringo impersonation but there's one about how Gold, Goldfinger how he's asked to write the theme tune for Goldfinger <laughs> <laughs> and you really got to look this up Ringo remembers Goldfinger if you google that on YouTube you'll find it and it's um, it's really really funny but the punchline at the end I'm not going to spoil it for you but it relates say. to it relates to the exact what I was saying about taking a little while to finish a song um, <clears throat> so you watch it and you'll, you'll get the joke and, and then, then look at his other stuff because they're br- brilliant go on yeah it is um, right, you're going to bring something up just then 
dead air. Yeah, it's relevant. It's relevant <laughs> now. It would be very odd for me to carry on and tell you what it was at the time. Sorry, it would be great. But no, 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 no. I think I think um, okay. it was good. We left it behind. Uh, I would. Do, I was going to say credit the credits. Lennon McCartney, McCartney Lennon. Now McCartney oh, yeah. has switched it round. Has he not? Has he not? No, he wanted to. He wanted to he switch wanted it on certain songs. Not all of the songs. Not all of the songs. He had a slight point. I mean, it's one of those ones that looks really, really petty and whatever. And it, it's so silly. It's been Lennon and McCartney forever. But well, I've it's never, silly. I mean, what I've, I've never d- understood is... They, they flipped a coin or something. I can't remember why, how they did why, it. Why, why is the, the first, first album actually says McCartney Lennon on Please Please Me album? I think it actually says McCartney Lennon. And at some point, they made some kind of decision that it sounded better as Lennon McCartney, which obviously Paul was not so keen on. But I think it, being Paul... I'm just plugging my phone in. Being Paul, he, um, he also kind of saw the bigger picture and, and realised it does sound better as Lennon McCartney. And, much but what happened was, it was later yeah, on, yeah. his story was basically that there were certain songs that not only did John write less, but he didn't write any of, say Yesterday, right? And what mm. bugged him was that when he saw on, was it on iPods or whatever it was at the time, the, the medium, you'd often see a little bit of the song and it'd always sort of say, written by, so it'd come up as Yesterday and you wouldn't be able to read the last half of the sentence. So it'd say, Yesterday, Lennon. And he sort of basically, oh, that was his thing. He said, well, it's no. a bit unfair. You should, you should go McCartney first on those songs, at least. It was one of those ones that you really needed, you really needed the wife to step in and go, yeah, this is when wives are actually come useful, which is a very rare moment. <laughs> Especially in Beetledom. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's going to be quoted against me forever. Um, no, but there are... No, that's really when, when your, your, your loving partner says, Paul, no. And, and but in fact, his loving partner should have said that on quite a few things to Paul, really. The, 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 the V signs, the, the, what is the peace sign, rather. No, just to ring no, the thumbs up. The thumbs up, rather, sorry. There's certain things that were very ill-advised and, and certain haircuts and certain clothes things that you really wish... The wife, you know, the fucking wife, quoting Spinal Tap, had said, you know, no fucking way. And, you know, it was, it was unbelievable, really. That was a terrible decision. It looked so bad. You know, it's just why the fuck? I've never understood why going for going last is worse. It just implies you're the lesser partner, doesn't does it? Does it? Well, it's sort but of. But it's does. like, would you want Lennon to and McCartney? That's yeah, in like, theory. But, but I think. Who's I on think, first? It's like the. I know. I think it's just a real subtle thing. But I think, I think if you ask most people in, in, a, in a collaboration, would you rather go first, second? Almost everyone would say first. Wouldn't I, they? I, I mean, if it was. If it, it just slightly implies you just slightly ahead. I mean, it just slightly. And, and I have that for everything does. you've ever done. And I can see his you point on, on some you, level. You no, know, you're on the left. You know, I mean, the, 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 the first the, one's on the left and the second one's on the right. I know. You want to be on the right. But That's again, I mean, the, you so know, they did argue about it for this reason. And Lennon wanted to be first. So he, he saw it as well. But, but the why works better at the end. Lennon-McCartney. Well, it does. But I mean, think. that's a thing. And McCartney-Lennon doesn't roll off the tongue. It yeah. sounds better that way. And I think that's why Paul, you know, didn't, you know, accepted it. Because he kind of knew it too. It did. But there were various songwriting duos, uh, partnerships, you know, that they were all aware of. I forget that there's some of the famous ones from... Uh, that would have been famous to them at that point, the partnership, the musicals and stuff that were written. I can't think of it. There's a couple of famous... Rogers and Hammerstein. Rogers and Hammerstein, that's right, yeah. There's a couple of others, I think. But, you know, they were into the musicals. They knew this sort of stuff. And there's always that feeling that one was a bit more than the other. Just, or possibly, maybe, why, why would Rogers be first, you know? Or, or be the... I don't even know... Because one wrote... Often one wrote the lyrics, one wrote the music. And I don't know how they prioritised that, whether they thought that... It's a difficult one. It's a difficult one with collaborations in general. It's always very hard to make that decision of who... Mm. Who has more importance? You know, if the guy comes up for the riff to satisfaction, is that deserves the credit or not? I mean, it's the hook, mm. but it's only one riff. Someone else wrote all the lyrics. You know, it, it's tricky to go, do you get 50% for that? And that's what actually splits a lot of bands up, actually. thing is, John Lennon arguments. is a little bit better. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. It is a little bit better. Them's fighting words. Mm. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, a little bit. <clears throat> yeah. Not massively. Yeah, I, I, you know what, the thing is, I have to say, this is pretty much how you know a Beatle obsessive, apart from a Beatle fan, is a Beatle obsessive would never accept that f- statement. True because, to quote George Martin, when it came to talent, you couldn't put a cigarette paper between them. No, maybe not. And I think that's the thing, and everyone who's a Beatle fanatic knows that. You can have a preference, and certain songs, blah, 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 and we all know that John Lennon did certain things better than Paul, but when it comes to talent, who was better, you just, literally, I couldn't say at all it's like a cigarette paper that's how i see it whatever john did yeah he, he did certain things better than paul he's a better lyricist by and large he did edge better by and large but then paul did bass playing better 
he did he did melody better he did musical virtuosity better he did he did skills he he added harmony better he added you know he did team player better he did drum roll suggestions better i mean it's like how can you say one is better yeah. You know that was also, by the way, the the big issue people had with the, uh, the book by uh, what the fuck is the author called? Um, the the first main book. I fucking slipped my mind now, but it's um, <clears throat> he basically uh, not uh, sh- is it shout? It was um, who wrote fucking shout? And anyway, basically, I can't. It's just gone off my head. And the author said that John Lennon was seventy five percent of the Beatles. Or I think he said some quote like that. And every Beatle fan read that and went, "You fucking what?" Uh, and it was just and he said he'd never lived it down he wrote a rewrote a book now on Paul McCartney sort of and I just went to see him do a talk on it he signed yeah, yeah. a copy for me and that was the first thing he had to it's the one question everyone's going to always ask him to his grave yeah, like, yeah. do you still stand by that why didn't and he just say 26% I mean that's kind of where I <laughs> <laughs> no I'd say he's probably about uh, you want a percentage I'd say Ringo's about 20 I'd say Paul's about 25 it, it really depends I mean 20, yeah 30 50 yeah, it's about 20, 20, 26% of the Beatles. But it, honestly, it's, it's, you, you know, this is... No, it's, that's, that's it. Ringo's what? Tw- how did I say 20? Yeah, <laughs> I can give a decisive answer. You can't so about out or, or, or the motivations well, the of Mark Chapman. The trouble is, it's like you, okay, for example, right, you listen to the Beatles before Ringo joined and you tell me whether you think they would have been the biggest band in the world without Ringo. You no, I agree. I agree. And I tell you, I wouldn't. No, are you, no you're, you're absolutely you know? right. So I it's like, they only really became the Beatles when Ringo joined. And you can hear it. You listen, yeah, to, the, yeah. you listen to the Decca recordings with Pete Best and you listen to the Hamburg recordings with Ringo and it's like, they are then the Beatles. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So it's like, you know, okay, it's, you know, he's a drummer and all that, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah. you know, that still was what made them the Beatles and without it, they would not have been the biggest band in the world. So to say he's less or he's this percentage is very hard to say. Yeah. They all they all did their role twenty five percent or one hundred percent each. I would say, no one no one gave it less than one hundred percent. So, no one wants to hear this sort of stuff. I know it's too it's too what's the word moderate and sort too of moderate, yeah. far too moderate. And I think I, I did the, the, the fucking wife line, which is by the way is a spinal tap line, just in case you don't get the reference. Worry I think that, that, that I think it's kind of uh, sort of undone my cancelled, my image mate. slightly. Yeah, cancelled. Good. Okay, next. How long we done? We got uh, it was forty seven minutes. Forty seven minutes. Right, I was going to save until what time, what time is it? I don't know. I switched off my phone. I, I, I learned from the last mistake. That All right. Well, I was going to save it until next it? time. We'll do. Okay. We'll do ten more minutes. Yeah. Come together. Come together. Ooh. Uh, come together. What do I know about come together? Um, it's very interesting, actually, when you listen to the recordings. That one of the things uh, is that when you listen to the vocal, um, there's this kind of. Uh, Dum 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 shoot, dum 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 shoot, and there's a sort of percussion with dum 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 shoot, and you get it's, it's a clap right, uh, but it's echoed, and what's really interesting, what I just find fascinating, it's a very small point that won't really interest hardly anyone except a few musicians. Well, it's just the fact that he does a lead vocal, mm. which has got echo on it, and when you're recording these sorts of things, you kind of go right, we want the vocal to sound a certain way, you know, we get the vocal perfect the echo perfect and they had to record a tape in those days they didn't add it later because yeah or maybe they did actually i'm trying to think which way they would have added it but they often printed it to tape because they couldn't add it later they had limited effects so they'd make decisions very early on like how much echo how much reverb to add how much eq which nowadays you'd never do because you'd you defer everything nowadays you yeah, just yeah. record everything as clean as neutral as you can get it and they say, well, we don't want to make a mistake what if we add too much reverb to the guitar what if we decide later on it doesn't sound as good but the other stuff added uh, you know so let's just not do it we'll put it mm. later on and, and that's how every decision's made now and what they did then was they had to commit especially when they had four track you know you had to make decisions the first thing like like every part has to be worked out every sort of mic decision every eq decision and then you'd add load on and you know you're stuck with those things there's no way you could undo them and on come together even though they're eight track it's the fact they add the vocal but then when he does the clap the clap is echoed as well as the vocal now the the standard thing you'd say now would be we'll add the claps later because we might want to change echo might not want that but they clearly just thought they just went with it even at that final stage of their 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 career that they're really starting to get very precise on the recording if you listen to abbey road it's very well produced comparatively to the others it's it's the one album where you can really hear everything very clearly every instrument every sound is yeah can really hear it it's not a mulch a nice sounding mush it's not that it's it's uh and yet they still he sang it did the live take and he, you know if he fucks up if the echo they decide later you can't undo it that's your vocal take gone and just the fact they went they obviously just went yeah we like it let's do it 
And I just love that about them, that they just didn't give a fuck, you know, that they still, to the very end, if someone shouted during a drum solo, you hear this on, on the Pepper tracks, which is even, like I say, more crucial, because you, yeah. you'll hear them as they're playing. If you listen to this, the, why the isolated recordings are so fascinating to listen to, because you can hear them shouting, going, yeah, you know, like this. Yeah. And now, and these days, you'd just go, Paul, 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 you know, you, I noticed you shouted before the solo... I'd, I'd rather you didn't do that because if, if you know it leaks into the other mics and we might have some problems later and they obviously just had this kind of rule like if you feel like shouting you just fucking do it otherwise it would have been an issue and you can also hear on, on, on uh, another example of this is on Long 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 which is a George Harrison song on the White Album which I think is one of his masterpieces the hardly anyone ever it's, it's amazing because it's just like it's from the ether there's nothing else like Long 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 it's this really odd spiritual track uh, that's sort of slightly Indian-y uh, it's probably it's a lot of coke anyway. Long, 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 not that, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> and, <laughs> anyway, but at the end, so they did this perfect take, finally. And then it goes in this kind of jam bit at the end where they sort of improvise. It's got Hammond yeah. organ, drums, bass, guitar, vocals, all live, which again, no one would ever do now. Yeah. Wouldn't even consider it. It'd be yeah. too likely someone will make one mistake somewhere so they'd always do it separately but they having done doing this in the studio having nailed a, a, a godlike take of it you know which you know like whenever you're recording especially because i do do analog stuff i do actually record similar thing yeah. and when you get a good take and you towards the end you tend to get this thing like, please god don't someone fuck up because if someone knocks something or you know you know you, you make a mistake or and especially yourself you go if I, i've got a solo coming up shit if i it's sounding fucking brilliant if i fuck this up i fucked it up for everyone we're probably never ever going to get a take as good as this one you kind of know when you got the magic one because all the ones yeah, before yeah. are not there usually there's one everyone just goes that's the one you know <laughs> so they, they nail it down and then when it comes to this sort of improvised bit at the end george He's playing his guitar. He then starts, he gets the mic, he gets his guitar and slides, uses the microphone itself as a slide. Uh-huh. So he's actually rubbing, not just against a, a random object, like a, like a, the mic stand even or something like that or whatever. He's, well, or anything, you know, which you might do or you pick something up. You, he actually rubs the mic, which is really dangerous because that's going to make a horrible sort of sound on, on the recording potentially. You're just going to get all, <laughs> or something, you know. Yeah. But he just doesn't give a shit and he just does it. <clears throat> And then at the end, you hear this, this wine glass. I think there's a vibration thing, and a wine glass that's on the thing, you, they were drinking, uh, topples over, I think, that, uh, and you hear a glass smash at the very end of the recording. It just rolls off. On, and, but it's the fact that they would take that risk, having nailed down the ultimate take. <clears throat> they still didn't you know, restrain themselves. They didn't go, I'm, I'll be cautious here. Yeah, yeah. They went, no, no, I feel like doing this. I'm doing it. And they must have all had that attitude all the time, and they must all trust it. And that, to me, is sort of that's kind of trusting in instinct, intuition, and just saying this could fuck it up. But you, you know, you can't be cautious. It's like being a comedian. Whatever. If you start worrying what you're going to say next, whether it's going to be go down wrong, you're never going to be really funny. You know, yeah. the only way to be a genius is to just say, right, here goes. You know. Yeah. Or, you know, I just, I'm just doing it. You know, that's the way. And the fact that, like I say, they did that to the very end, I just find that so sort of Im- incredibly admirable yeah. that they, they, they never played it safe. Yep. Fantastic when you hear it. It's just amazing. You go, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> long, long, long. Long, long, long on the White Album. Not heard it. Fine, I'll listen to it. Yeah. Right, I'm going. Okay. I think you've got, you know, got much more important things in this podcast. Oh, fuck loads more important <laughs> things in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I need to go and buy a protein bar, a cup of tea, and I need to go to the gym. Oh, fuck. How long have we got? Uh, well, we've done 53. I mean, there is. I think that's a perfect take. Okay. I think All that's right. the magic, you know. It's the magic that's, take. That's the magic take. Except we fucked it up at the end. Wine glass. Okay. All right. Thanks. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.